This is The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Morning, everybody. This is Patrick Donahoe. And uh, we may uh, cut a little bit short today. I'm, I'm flying solo. And, uh, and so without somebody to talk to, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do. I've done it before a few times, but, uh, but it's been a while. But today, you know, I, I was thinking about what topic I could share. And what I really thought was it's essentially repurposing something that I, I wrote recently. And it was at the, at the request. I'm not sure if it's going to get published or not, but um, oftentimes there are uh, journalists that are writing pieces for, for various, uh, various publications and media, and they reach out to professionals and want to get their, their opinion. And, and looking at this question, it's, it's super ambiguous. Well, I don't want to say ambiguous, but it's very, very open-ended. And there's a number of ways that you can, you can respond to it. But essentially, the topic that, uh, that I wrote for, um, and again, as I said, I don't know if it's going to get submitted or not, but it, it talked about the, the volatility of the market and what should people who are retiring soon do. And it's kind of a teed up, it's a teed up thing, but as most of you know, who've been listening for a while, you know, my, my take and my perspective on, on finances, as well as our, our guys is, is totally against the grain and looking at what the, the common response would be, which is, you know, write it out or alloc- you know, do proper asset allocation, hire a financial advisor, um, use funds that have lower fees. And I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, you really look at the majority of people and where their money is. And it's all the same thing. And the advice is all the same. Most of the financial advisors that are out there have, you know, are working for brokerages. They're working for investment houses and they're taught what to say and they're taught what to sell. And you see it, you see time and time again, the, uh, the same advice and you really look at the, the same pitch and it gets old. So I, I kind of took a, th- a different angle on it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through uh, my response. And I'd love to hear, uh, love to hear your feedback, but I'm going to read through my, my response. And uh, in regards to a volatile market, and if you are retiring soon, and then uh, and then I'll make some comments toward uh, toward the end. So let's get going. What people should do is most likely not what they are going to do. Volatility isn't some recent phenomenon, and what people did in the past is what they are most likely going to do in the future. The next wave of volatility will happen, and it's going to be bigger than ever before. It could be triggered by any number of events, deflating of the asset bubble, which has been fueled by the central bank multiple stimulus efforts. It could be China's massive debt debacle coming home to roost. In parentheses, oh wait, that's already happened, or that's already begun. Close parentheses. It could be the deluge of baby boomers hitting 70 and a half years old and forced to sell their securities because of RMDs. And the list of triggers goes on and on. Here's why Americans won't do anything until after it's too late. It boils down to what people need and how people act. I will give you a hint. It's a paradoxical dance. There is a famous financial saying that is almost 100 years old, and it rings true today. It was by famed economist John Maynard Keynes. He said, markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay liquid. And he knew almost firsthand by almost bankrupting his currency fund in 1920. So what do people want? Human behavior is typically influenced by needs. Two of the basic ones are certainty and uncertainty. People want safety and security, which is in parentheses certainty. But life would be boring without variety and excitement, which is uncertainty. So how do people act? The stock market is the perfect environment for those two needs to manifest. And Wall Street knows it. 
Subsequently, this is why tens of trillions of dollars of American wealth is in so-called savings plans. People see the words savings and feel certainty. So that is why they allocate a big percentage of their salary to a 401k. Plus, that's what everybody else is doing. Safety in numbers. I didn't put that in there, but safety in numbers. Just because it says savings doesn't mean that it is savings. This so-called, you know, in parentheses or, or in, in quotation savings is tied up in whichever of the 7,500 mutual funds that are traded on the exchange. There is, there is a sense of excitement knowing that your money could earn the financial guru's proclaimed mythical 12% historical return. The risk and the promise of such a payout is exhilarating and fulfills the need of uncertainty. When the volatility is triggered, emotion is the result and irrational behavior follows. The result, everybody buys at the top, which is in parentheses, greed and gain emotion, which is uncertainty, and then sells at the bottom, fear of losing more emotion or certainty. And that's in parentheses as well. My advice is that if you're retiring soon and before the looming volatility starts to get worse, take some time to educate yourself about what you have, where you are, and what your options are. There is no excuse today. The information is everywhere. My 20-month-old can navigate my iPad and can't even read yet. Focus on your non-market-based options or the non-rhetoric-based options, as well as the counter-argument to the financial plan that almost everybody has. This will give you both sides to properly weigh the pros and cons. Hint, there are financial tools and vehicles that will outperform what most people have, but, you, but your need for certainty is going to have to outweigh your need for uncertainty. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the end of the column. So I'll make some, I'll make some, uh, I'll make some comments. So you know, really you look at this, this idea of, of certainty, right? We all, we all strive to have, to have certainty, safety. We want a, a roof over our head. Uh, we we want something that you know we come home to and it's routine and and it's and it's known, uh, and and a lot of people strive for that in their in their work. They strive to get out of debt because they're afraid that uh, that they're not going to have a job to be able to 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 pay uh, to pay off credit cards or pay off or pay off debt. Um, people want certainty, which is a safe and secure job with benefits, so that if something happens, they're okay. I mean, it, it's I can go on and on with examples, but that idea of certainty. Is uh, it's profound because there's so many things that push us to gain that, but at the same time, it's not the only need that we have. We want variety, and I, I mean, goodness, today in our day and age, there's variety everywhere. We have variety in restaurants, we have variety in drinks, we have variety in computers. We have and there's so much out there that we could do entertainment-wise. There's movies and there's games and video games and. I mean, the list goes on and on as far as uncertainty. There's a lot of variety that we strive to uh, to have. But in that variety, I also think that this idea of being exhilarated, especially when it comes to taking risk, right? This uncertainty of taking risk. And a lot of that it exists in, in the market. And I have a, a number, you know, a number of our clients, they they use the vehicles and tools that we provide to really have this safety and security met. Uh, but it doesn't mean they put everything there. They have other investments and they have other things that you know do give them a, that exhilaration. Now, that's not what I do, but I've heard story after story after story of this idea of, of investing and in, in, in buying this put or buying this call and, and, and hedging with this and doing these strategies. And, it's, and I've seen people literally lose their the entire balance. And it's, 
it's profound because really pushing uh, what pushing is what, what's pushing them is that idea behind uncertainty. Now, looking at uncertainty, I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that it's uh, bad because it's not it's not bad. It's just what it is. I think if you're able to recognize what your needs are, you're going to be able to to properly mitigate uh, your behavior. Because in the end, if those aren't balanced, then you could, as I said in the in the article uh, or the response for for this um, uh, media person's topic. You know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where you know people because they're not prepared because they pursued uncertainty and it's not balanced that they you know end up making terribly emotional decisions and most of those decisions are are irrational and I always use kind of the logic of, of you know in hindsight every everything's rational okay but looking at decisions in the moment especially where there's emotion involved it's typically not uh, not rational so again these two these two kind of core needs are are really important so what I would say is you, know, you really have to look at where you're positioned financially and what's driving you. If driving you is safety and security, build that bucket. Okay? Build your, your start over account. Build, build the bucket that is not going to lose money. It's going to give you gain. It's going to give you liquidity. It's not going to have penalties associated with it. It's your, it's your fallback. And we often say to clients as we go through our consultations is, listen, you don't have business putting 100% of your, your money in this or 100% of your money in that because that right there is, you know, you're, you're not fitting those needs. And really hitting the certainty and the safety bucket is primary. Then the uncertainty, in my opinion, doesn't have to be taking risk. You can meet that need so many different ways. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about maybe a, a few ways. So really looking at this idea of uncertainty and variety, um, I think we all hit those, those levels where you know, life starts to get routine and mundane and boring, and you want something new. And I think this happens professionally. As a, as a business owner, um, you know, we're, we're up to 60 60 plus people that work at, at Paradigm, uh, both our, our advisors uh, and our, our, our staff, our support staff. And, you know, I see this time and time again, where, you know, somebody comes into the company and they're excited and it's a cool environment and we have cool stuff going on. And, and, you know, they're there for a while and they start to do their job and they start to, you know, they, they perfect this and this, and it just becomes, you know, this routine. And suddenly the, the, the excitement is gone. And it could be a couple of years when this happens. And so we try to, you know, we're doing our best. I mean, obviously we're, um, it's only an eight-year-old, eight-year-old company, but we, you know, we've gone and taken strides to really figure out, you know, what, what people want and where they're at in their growth cycle, because that need for uncertainty is, is going to manifest um, even in the beginning when they were really excited, it, it didn't, it wasn't manifesting terribly. So now looking at the growth curve of a person's profession, you know, instead of, you know, coming down on them and holding them more accountable and pushing them harder. And you're not here on time and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, maybe not the right way to, to manage them at that point. And so looking at growth cycles, we all go through them. So what I would say is, you know, that might be you in your life right now. And you might be in the routine. You might be in the boring. I would say to you, really look, look at where you've come from, the growth that you've made in whatever the profession is. And the thing is, if you don't really pursue that uncertainty, it's just going to continue to, to get worse. And I think with you know, those two primary needs, it really starts to touch on some other needs. And those other needs, uh, in my opinion, is uh, one of them could be growth, uh, which is people, I, I naturally, uh, where our whole world is designed for, for growth. If you're not growing, you're dying. Even, even plants. I mean, plants continue to grow and they produce seeds and those seeds grow and they produce more seeds. That's kind of the cycle of life. I think the same thing uh, exists with human nature. We have to be growing. We have to be learning more. 
we're driven to that. And if we don't meet that need, there's going to be some things that that happen. So sometimes when you look at uncertainty, uncertainty can be a really good thing because it pushes you into this, you know, into this realm of, of growing. And, you know, certainty sometimes is painful. Uh, when you, you know, going back to the investment mistakes, people make, I've made some, I've made mistakes. I've made business mistakes. I made a lot of different mistakes, but I really look at them and in, in the anxiety that's in the moment, you know, I've learned that that anxiety is part of this overall growth process. And I know that I'm going to learn from that. I've made mistakes over and over again. Ask my, ask my wife. I've made, you know, talk about mistakes. Jeez. It, not <laughs> that decision to get married is not a mistake, but you know, the, the mistakes of, of what you do with, with a marriage or what you do with a companionship. It's, it's one of those things where you know we're always we're always learning, but I think if we recognize just this cycle of life and what we're doing, then we're going to be able to kind of pull ourselves out of that emotion and address the topic uh, with a rational mind. And you know we're human, and it's always going to happen. We're always going to have emotion involved in whatever we're thinking. But I think as you just kind of acclimate to these you know these principles, it's going to make it uh, more enjoyable. And so looking at anxiety, I mean one of the, the crazy masochistic things that I do is, is CrossFit. And I look at uh, what I love about CrossFit is there is this variety. There's uncertainty. I show up every morning and it's a different workout. And what's awesome is that it has that component of growth. And the component of growth is, you know, it's pushing you to the limit. There are 15 other people that are doing the exact same workout. There's girls doing workout. There's a girl at our gym now that like kills me and it's frustrating. And she's just not, you know, She's incredibly athletic and strong. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, I want to push myself and I want to get to different levels. And, and sometimes you need that, uh, that, that person to, uh, to push you to the next level. So what I would say is, you know, regardless of the situation you're in, let's talk professionally or investment wise, you know, if you're plateaued, if you're at a routine, you're going to have to find some variety. And it's not variety like going out and taking huge risks. You know, it's more of variety, which is, you know, finding a mentor, finding somebody that has just killed it. And seeing what they're doing and maybe start to pursue that business or that investment or pursue whatever the activity that intrigues you. Uh, because looking at, you know, one of the things that I really do believe is the fact that we are really, we our, our success and our, our drive in life really comes from our peer groups. And if you're the, the smart, you know, this is a cliche statement, but if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. And looking at having peers, looking at having mentors that are doing more than you, are creating more value than you, are contributing more to you, uh, more than you. That is a powerful person to have in your life. And if you don't have that person, and there is not this drive to 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 meet that level or get to that next point of resistance, then I would say that's one place to to start. Now, it doesn't have to be you know someone you hang out with all the time. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone you have a relationship with. I mean, we live in a world where you know you can get onto podcasts and you can. Uh, listen and 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 find personas or find people that are doing amazing things and use them as your mentor and use some of the things they're doing uh, as your goal and that's what's going to to kind of push you along and hit really that other need that we have now I think you know the idea of these needs they're they're different for people and and sometimes they're even different based on the circumstance you're in uh, you're in uh, with in your life and and so looking again at this growth side of things it's just one of those principles that you know, it's going to continue to push you and you can either deny it or you can accept it, but it's a principle and accepting it is incredibly empowering because I think if you, if you accept it now, there's some accountability associated with it. And you know, that you have to be growing and whether it's books or courses or personal development seminars or whatever, 
you're going to try to uh, get yourself driven, get yourself motivated and push to that next level. So let's maybe go through a, a few other a few other needs. And, you know, this is uh, there's been studies on this. You know, Matt, uh, Abraham Maslow is, is big into it. Um, you know, Tony Robbins, he's he's huge into this. Um, Jim Rohn did a lot of it. I mean, you have a lot of these kind of gurus that are out there that have really kind of discovered some very similar principles and they've, you know, they've organized them in different ways. But um, I would, I would say that, you know, go uh, all uh, maybe in the show notes uh, for iTunes and the blog, I'll, I'll put some book recommendations in there. And I, I was scolded a few times for saying I was going to do things and, and uh, people just keep getting all these different calls. I'll, but I'll, I will definitely commit to that. I'll put uh I'll put a list of books that I think would be uh, important and put them in the put them in the show notes. Um, but but anyway, these are you know discovering these principles. Uh, there's two really two ways to do it. You can uh, you can you can just live life and experience them and try to figure it out on the fly, or you can learn from people that have discovered them already. And the you know the the existence of man it's 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 a long time, and there's lots of documentation. There's lots of things that have been written that are saying the same thing, maybe just in a different way. So I would say that, you know, these first three that I've talked about, these first three needs, let's maybe uh, go on to another one, um, which is the, uh, the idea of uh, significance. And this is, this is a big one. And I think, you know, there's always, there's always this drive. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm at anywhere near proficient at this conversation. There's more, people that are much more versed in this. And I may be misstating things. But in, in a sense, I think we all, you know, as human beings, try to find our, our place in this world, whether it's um, in our in our class in our classroom at school, um, or it's uh, it's in our community, or it's uh, at work, or it, it's somewhere else. We all kind of strive to to be to have a level of importance because it makes us feel like we're contributing. It makes us feel that we're doing something good with with ourselves. So pursuing significance is also important. Now it's not you know some people. I think Donald Trump probably he needs a ton to be make him feel significant. I think we can all agree with that. Good, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's one of those things where we know that, but it's the same thing with most other politicians. I mean, I heard a statement the other day, which was, which is huge for me. And please don't, you know, don't take, take, take this the wrong way. But the statement was people over 40 make statements just to hear themselves speak. And people under 40 uh, ask questions. I don't think that's, you know, absolutely true. Uh, but the principle is true, right? You have, you get to a point in your life where you, you, you have learned a lot and you've had to have had a ton of, of experiences and you may think you've arrived at a certain point. And at now it's, it's all, it's not necessarily about growth, but it's about significance. It's about having a position, having a say, having, you know, being a thought leader. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but it's just acknowledging the fact that that is what's going to, to drive us. And, you know, I would say if, if that's not how you feel about um, your life and your world right now and what you're doing, then as I said about growth, it's, it's going to, if you don't acknowledge it and you don't figure out a way to really analyze it and look at how you can um, reach some level of significance and level of feeling important and being, uh, being perceived as important, whether it's in your business or whether it's um, in your community, in your church, in, uh, in your family. There's a lot of ways in which you can um, you know, change things and change behavior to, to meet that. But uh, what I would say is you know, the significant side of things is, uh, is compelling to people because you know, in, in the end, um, we're, we're humans. And I, I think wanting to, to separate ourselves and wanting to be, uh, wanting to be different is I, I felt it in the past. I always, I always feel it. I want to, my, my biggest thing, my biggest drive is really trying to, to create value. And I feel that 
you know, I, I've learned things and I want to, I want to share them. I want to uh, provide and, and hopefully spur motivation or spur interest or, or spur people to, to, to actually do something that will create, create change, whether it's financial change um, or other changes. And really looking at where I feel that is, that's where I'm at right now. I, I try to do it through this podcast. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, it's, I just love having conversations with, with people um, and building that energy and building that value. And, and, you know, we had our, our biggest download month uh, last month, which was, which was amazing. And so I, you know, thank you for, thank you for listening. It, it means a lot because sometimes, you know, I, I hate, I don't like really hearing myself speak sometimes, and it's hard for me to speak in, in public. Um, but I know that I, I like doing this. I like sharing what I think and sharing what I believe. And and sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm, I'm right. And, and, you know, another thing too, is most of what I'm saying has been said before it's been sent by somebody else. And, and, uh, and maybe just in a different way, but I love doing it because it, it energizes me and it makes me feel like I am creating some, some element of value. Uh, but again, the idea of significance is it's, uh, it's, it's profound. And I think if once you analyze that and once you say, wow, I, I'm, I'm driven by that and it's okay, it's not an ego thing, right? It's something where you want to take your talents, you want to take what's unique about you, which is the case with everybody on planet earth. Everybody's unique. Everybody has something different that they can bring the table as far as value. So I would say, what is that? What can I bring? How can I be important? How can I create value for somebody? Because that's going to fulfill that need of significance. Okay. So let's talk about a few others. So another one, when this is one I'm, I'm, oh man, it's, you know, I, I, it's looking back at, you know, me kind of reflecting and reminiscing on, on uh, my memories, you know, it's, it's really, um, this one is very profound and it's, and it's connections. Uh, and connections and, and love, and I don't think it has to be a you know romantic relationship per se, um, but it's it's being a part of a group. And I've said this before, where you know we're who we are is really identified by our relationships, uh, whether it's a husband or um, or a wife or a son or a daughter or a father or a mother or a cousin or a friend or a colleague. You know, really, what would we be without our relationships? So connections and people are just it's one of those those things where. I'm not sure if anyone's ever going to perfect it just because everybody has these very unique traits and unique thoughts. And, you know, we're, we're different. We're all unique. We're all you know very similar, but all very different. And making the connections uh, is important. And I, and I think connections, you know, I would say in business has been my, my biggest asset. So one of the, one of the things that I was adamant about uh, a number of years ago, after really making a mistake with, uh, with some people I was working with, uh, this is back in 2005, 2006. I swore to myself that I would never, um, never burn a bridge. And I've had so many people burn me. Um, and, but I've also said, you know, that's, that's my experience. That, that's what happened. I can't let that affect me. But my, one of my commitments is I will, not, I will not burn a bridge. I will not burn a relationship. And that has helped me so profoundly. It's helped me more than I can, I can explain. And I really do believe in that principle that, that people, people are the true assets. Um, everything, everything that exists on earth, which is, you know, physical, whether it's a computer or it's drinks or it's a bag. And I'm just looking around my room right now. That's what I'm identifying. But it all came from a person. And I think if we really valued other people, regardless of their circumstance, regardless of who they are, their stature, their status, it doesn't matter. And these connections that we make with people, I think, are are very profound. Because in the end, you know, you look at these 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 needs, these human needs, these things that we that are driving us, that are pushing us. Uh, everybody else has them too. And if everybody else has them, you can study and you can figure that out. You can make incredible connections because 
in the end, in my opinion, it comes down to, okay, what, who's that person and how can I have the best relationship with them? And I've just, you know, at, at my point in life, um, it's really about how can I create the most amount of value for them? And I wouldn't say I'm, it's perfect. And I would say that, you know, I'm, I'm just as uh, imperfect, much more imperfect than, uh, than the rest. But looking at what I, what I try to do, you know, in the end, I think that's one of my, my, core, my core drivers is really figuring out ways to, to help and to, and to provide value. And so this idea of connection and love, again, it's a, it's a need. It exists. Acknowledging it is, is profound. Sometimes people you know, say that they don't want to get married or they don't want to have a relationship. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. And it's because of past experiences. But in the end, you got to realize that just because you had an experience with one person and had a bad, uh, a bad outcome, doesn't mean that's going to happen with everybody. It doesn't take away from the fact that we need relationships. We need business relationships. And I talked in the beginning about the whole idea of, of certainty and uncertainty. Those, you know, those two principles, um, you know, or those two needs essentially uh, involve people, right? Everything is, you know, essentially involving people. But I think, you know, really understanding this idea of connection and love and, and really uh, pursuing that and having something that's healthy there is, is powerful as one of these needs. Now, it may not be your focus right now. It may, you know, it, it may be in the back of your mind. But as I said, and I, as I've been saying, I'm, and this is at least what I'm thinking, these different needs are, are manifesting at different points during our, our life and they're manifesting in different ways. And so really just stepping back and seeing where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish, um, you know, the connection and love might be one of those things that's on the back burner right now, but it could be one of those things where it is going to, it's going to come about. And when it does, hopefully after listening to this and maybe going and reading some books and discovering more, then you will recognize it and you'll know what to do with it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're at 30 minutes and, and, uh, I'm just rambling on. I'm not sure there's much order to this, but I'm going to talk about one more and, uh, then we will, uh, we'll call it a, a podcast. Um, so the last one is, uh, is contribution. And this is, this is very similar to, to what I said, what I said before, which is the idea of, of creating value. It's understanding people and understanding the exchange that takes place with, uh, between people. And really it's, it's about walking away from every relationship, uh, where you feel like you've, you've added value and you both walk away with a, a positive experience it's because both people added to the transaction, uh, basically, and, and felt like they got more out of the transaction than they put in. So I would say, you know, contribution is, you know, this sense that we have to, um, to help. It's a sense that we have to, to support people. You know, I, I, I look at, you know, when you, when you pull up, uh, whether it's a movie or you pull up a, a book and you sympathize with people, you know, they're a stranger, right? But because they've gone through a hardship and they've overcome it, it, it brings such emotion and, you know, really the, um, the idea of a hero's journey, which is a Joseph Campbell idea. And, I, and we talked on the podcast about this uh, before, uh, but the hero's journey, it's, it's really what attracts us to that is because, you know, in a sense, we, we can sympathize with a person who is the hero that, you know, is, uh, rises to the challenge and overcomes adversity. And the reason why that's so powerful and it engages so much emotion, whether it's, it's Rocky or whether it's William Wallace and Braveheart, or it, it doesn't matter. It, that that really we can we sympathize with that, and so I think you know in the end that that human need of of um, of contribution really really comes down to wanting to serve and it's wanting to wanting to support because we do feel that sense of sympathy uh, and empathy for uh, for others. But you know, looking at looking at service, it's it's one of those things where um, is it really driving you right now? Maybe not. Uh, maybe you're just kind of getting through and trying to figure out certainty and that's fine. 
but in the end, these are things that will manifest probably at some point in your life. And I think contribution for me, um, service for me, it's 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 been uh, it's been an incredible thing. I've I've had some opportunities to to provide uh, service. I probably should do a lot more than I uh, that I do. But you know, it's it's one of those things where there's such fulfillment there, where you feel like you know you are altruistically kind of giving. And I don't even think it's altruism because altruism is kind of like you're sacrificing yourself and you're sacrificing your time and your money. But in the end, it's like really you walk away with something that is it's not money, uh, it's not time. Uh, you walk away from it with an experience. You walk away from it with a sense of emotion and a sense of worth. And I think that sometimes is much more valuable than time and, and money. Uh, but in the end, you know, the idea behind contribution, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things that if, if it's not manifesting, then, um, you know, it may in, in the future. But if you are at this point in your life where you have a ton of money and you're super successful and you're looking for that next, that next thing, yeah, it could be pursuing another business. It could be finding a mentor, really getting yourself driven to that next level. But it also could be giving back. It also could be providing for, for others that may not be in the most fortunate of circumstances. So I would say that, you know, you look at all the different ways in which you're weaving through life and trying to uh, do more and be more and have a better experience. I think focusing on all of these different needs are really going to help you identify, you know, some things that you maybe hadn't before. And hopefully make you realize some of the ways in which you can take the next step and, uh, and, and grow. So what I would say is, you know, the first thing maybe as some takeaways is, uh, is really identify which of these six needs that you, you know, you, you value the most at this point in time. Um, and then ways in which you can uh, do a better job of meeting these needs uh, and, and doing it responsibly and doing it you know, in, a, in a proactive way. Uh, and it could be from, you know, water under the bridge with a relationship. It could be um, maybe just, it, I mean, it's January. Well, it's actually February now, but, you know, it, it, we're still at the beginning of the year. Um, we have an awesome, an awesome guy uh, that, that he's been on the podcast a number of times, uh, Sean. And Sean does some work with us. And he's also kind of that, that serial entrepreneur. And, you know, Sean uh, Fleming, he, he built something that is amazing. And it's, uh, it's called the Thousand Mile Challenge. And uh, you can go look them up on Facebook. They have a really cool page and you can sign up. It's, it's free. There's a paid version, but you can sign up uh, if, you, if you want. But, um, but it's, it's a thousand mile challenge is basically the challenge to run a thousand miles in, in a year. And I love hearing his stories of just how this simple challenge and the community that exists to help drive people and the stories, how profoundly it affects people. And it's just making the commitment and saying, listen, I'm going to run a thousand miles. And what's cool is that Sean's, you know, this software that he has uh, as part of the thousand mile challenge, you know, it's, it's, uh, it links up with Fitbit. It links up with, I think Nike fuel, it links up with the armor or active armor. Um, it, it links up with most of all of these kind of tracking uh, wearables uh, that you can plug into it and, and really track, track your course to that thousand miles. And there's like, I think he has challenges and medals at the end if you hit it. I mean, he's, he loves it and he does it. It's not, has nothing to do with uh, money. He's, he's just, he loves to, to do things like that. And I think he's building an incredible audience an incredible, uh, you know, an incredible uh, community. And, and so again, the purpose behind me saying that is, you know, if one of your, your things and one of these needs that you want to meet where you have, you know, certainty in a lot of other areas, but you have, you know, some issues with, with your physical well-being. This is something that's super simple and he has you know, plans and what you have to do each day or what you have to do within a five-day period of time. 
and you can track yourself through it and be motivated by other people that have made the same uh, commitment. So again, it, it really comes down to identifying which of these needs right now is the most important to you uh, and what you want to focus on, which will lead to your, your optimal glo- uh, growth. And, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's studying. It's, it's really looking into whether it's Maslow and there's been tons of books written after Maslow. Uh, it could be some of the other, you know, personal development people that are out there. But like I said, I'll put some books on, uh, on the show notes and hopefully that'll give you some ideas. Most of the stuff too is in audio. There's lots of audio programs on, out there that you don't have to sit down and read. But anyway, I'm, I'm done. My mouth is parched and I have nobody to talk to. I'm just talking to myself, but I hope you guys enjoyed today. Sorry, it was a little bit short. Uh, but in the next few, uh, Next few months, we have some really cool guests lined up, and I'm, I'm excited to bring them on. Uh, we're, um, we're working with, uh, with a group that's, that's, uh, that's really helping us kind of push the podcast along, getting it to more people, getting it more organized, getting cooler guests on. So you don't have to listen to me all, all the time. Uh, but we have some cool guests coming up in the next few weeks, so definitely uh, stay tuned to that. But appreciate you listening. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, and if you've listened for a while, we, we love your comments on um, on iTunes. Go to iTunes. Put put some some feedback in there. Some and uh, that really helps us. And, and we, uh, again, as I said, appreciate everybody who is listening, especially for, for the month of January. It was awesome. Uh, it was our, our first, uh, uh, our first uh, five-figure month. And so it was really cool. I was, I was oh, stoked out of my mind just to, to see that uh, we, were, we were having, that much, that we were having some, some impact. It was more than you know, my mom and, and uh, my brothers listening to the podcast. But, uh, but anyway, I appreciate you guys uh, listening. Uh, and uh, Go, go to the show notes, check out that, uh, that book list, and I, I wish you the best. And this is Patrick, over and out. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial.